Hey, this is Taylor. This is Jake. And this is Dan. And this is Unicorn Finders, where we are on the search to eliminate the elusive unicorn factor in everyday people, businesses, and relationships. Hope you enjoy. Everyone, thanks for joining. We're super excited uh, to get back. We have taken a few weeks off at this point. Um, but we are back and ready to rumble and what a guest we have, uh, for this podcast. And so again, for those of you who are tuning in, watching live, um, again, this podcast, Unicorn Finders was really out of Dan, Jake, and I talking about the relationships we have and wanting to shed light and finding the unicorn in both business and relationships. And so, um, we have Jeff joining us. Um, Jeff, thanks for hanging, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I, I'm going to let you introduce yourself because I read about you and, and it's a very long list. And so I might as well let you introduce yourself uh, for the few people who are watching already. So go ahead, ma'am. I'm curious what the, the long list was actually, but uh, <laughs> my, my name is Jeff Kirshner. Yeah. <laughs> my name is Jeff Kirshner and I'm the founder and CEO at Literati. And we are uh, building a community that's cleaning the planet one piece of litter at a time. That's awesome. That's awesome. And so, so I guess, and and you had a pretty great speaking background, right? So you spoke in a lot of different places. Um, my my one question I wanted to go ahead. I was going to save this for later, but I'm going to ask you now. What's been the coolest speaking gig uh, that you've landed so far in your career? Well, I think in terms of reputation, uh, you know, giving a TED talk is probably at the top of the list. I was yep. fortunate enough to become a resident at TED. <clears throat> Pardon me. But there's been some other, you know, I've spoken in some fifth grade classes that were just really, really cool. You know, awesome. um, I always find that the the most entertaining speaking gigs are the ones where completely unexpected things happen. Like you get a question from the audience that you just never saw coming, put your back on your heels a bit. Yeah. Uh, but to be honest, it's tough to compete with Ted. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. Well, Jake, since uh, you and Jeff are boys, why don't you go ahead, man, and um, ask away. First question. Well, I'm in diamond. I mean, one and just saying a little bit of Jeff's praises. You know, he came in, we were introduced by a good mutual friend of ours, Bridget Harrington. You know, shout out to Innovate Raleigh for all of the awesome stuff that she does and that that organization does. Um, what, a year ago maybe now? Right, right when you first moved here. Yeah. yeah. A little bit over. And, uh, you know, I felt a connection. I don't know if Jeff did, but I thought, man, this I want to be friends with this guy. This, he's doing cool stuff. This is really, really fun to have a conversation. So um, like I said, I'm excited to do this, but I was kind of captivated by literati of just the, this really taking the simple principle of seeing a need and filling a need and turning it into this whole ecosystem environment community that was gathering, catching that vision, you know, and making it in such an accessible way that you could get people you know, an hour a month to every single day. This is something I'm a part of, you know, building that out. So um, I wanted to, one, kind of you tell a little bit of the literati story um, on and where you started and how you evolved to now. And then what does the go forward basis look like and how are you interacting with people? I'll let you take it away. Yeah, I mean, it all started on a walk in the woods with my two kids. We were living in Oakland, California, and my daughter... Uh, who was four at the time, noticed this plastic tub of cat litter lying in a creek. And she just looked at me with this very innocent expression and goes, daddy, that doesn't go. Like it was this really amazing comment, but it was an eye opener for me, right? I'm living in the Bay Area. We're known for being environmentally progressive and ecologically responsible. And yet 
everywhere you look, there's trash. And I mean everywhere. And so when she said that, it reminded me of when I was a kid. I used to go to camp. And the camp director on the morning of visiting day would be like, quick, everybody go pick up five pieces of litter. So you get a couple of kids, that. we're all picking up five pieces, right? It's sort of a universally known story. Yeah. But you get all these people picking up just a few pieces. Within minutes, we had a spotless camp. So I thought, why not apply the crowdsourced cleanup model to the planet? So that yeah. was the inspiration. What happened next was frankly a little bit weird. So I took a photograph of a cigarette butt using Instagram. There was no rhyme or reason. I didn't have an idea. I just did it. But then I took another photo and another photo and another, and I noticed a couple things happening to me. And by the way, for some context, I was never an active environmentalist. Um, but I noticed these two things happening. First was litter suddenly became artistic, right? The power of Instagram and therefore approachable. The second thing was that at the end of a week, I had you know 50 or 60 photos on my phone and I had picked up and properly discarded every single piece I had photographed. Mm. So I realized that the same way people are measuring the steps they walk, the miles they ride, calories they consume, I was measuring the positive impact I was having on the planet. No clue what I could do with that information. I just thought it was cool. Mm -hmm. So I started telling people what I was doing. And to make a long story, just a tiny bit longer, what began as nothing more than me picking up one cigarette has now turned into uh, a community that reaches 165 countries iOS and Android application, a full technology stack, AI, um, and collectively we've now identified, mapped, and collected six and a half million pieces of litter around the world. And as a result, built, you know, arguably the world's largest open data set of waste. Um, it's crazy. And we feel, like we're, we feel like we're just getting started. Jeff, I've got a couple of questions based on on that. I mean, going through your website, you know, reading some stories about Docker and, you know, San Francisco and what you guys have been able to do there. Um, read your story briefly about the Netherlands and I have it, you know, pulled up. But what have you been able to do? I mean, six and a half million, you know, pieces of data on, on litter is huge in terms of, you know, you know, maybe where to place trash cans or, you know, maybe in, in terms yeah. of the distance in which trash cans are placed or, you know, recycling. But but what have you been able to find, you know, in that data? And maybe what's one piece of information that you found through all of this data that maybe you didn't know or, or expect before that kind of caught you off guard? Yeah, Dan, I think that's the right question. Like what change can you actually create, right? The technology is cool and the data is, you know, insightful, but at the end of the day, what transformative systemic improvement can this lead to so if i take a step back like we're on a mission to eradicate litter and head towards a zero waste world so we constantly ask ourselves the question how do you do that so for us it's we, we like to call it the three p's you need policy right we need smarter policy we need packaging more sustainable packaging and we need personal responsibility mm. so we we believe that the technology and the data can ladder up to creating changes in all those three areas. So I'll give you an example to answer your question. Um, the first was, like you said, the city of San Francisco. They wanted to understand what percentage of litter came from cigarette butts. Why? To create a tax policy. So long before Literati existed, they put pencils and clipboards into people's hands and those folks walked around collecting that data and that led to a 20 cent tax. Then the city got sued by the tobacco industry who claimed that pencils and clipboards weren't precise, hmm. they weren't provable. And so we were brought in and our data was used to not only defend, but double that tax, which now generates about $4 million a year in annual recurring revenue for the city. <laughs> so crazy. It, 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 
I should actually back up for a moment again and explain how literati works. So it's as simple as taking a photograph. So you, we, we like to say simple yet sophisticated. You snap a photo of litter and we capture all this data. That yeah. photograph tells us who picked up what, where, and when, right? So it's that aggregate at scale that allows us to do things like inform policy. Um, on the packaging side, the Dutch literati community is incredibly uh, strong and they started noticing uh, a product called Antiflu. Uh, it's like a cough drop. Uh, they started noticing their plastic wrappers all over the Netherlands. The Dutch community has now picked up, I think, 30,000 Antiflu wrappers, but they didn't stop there. They took the data, went to the CEO of the parent company, and said, look at what we're finding. And to that individual's credit, the CEO said, give me a year, I'm gonna change the packaging. I'm gonna change the supply chain from plastic to paper. And about two months ago, he made good on that promise. And so now all of Antiflu's wow. packaging wow. is wrapped in paper and wax. So those are a couple of examples of how the data and the technology are being used to actually make change. To your other question about mm -hmm. what are some things that you know maybe we're discovering, mm -hmm. um, there's a lot, but maybe one that's sort of like, well, yeah, but I didn't realize the extent was just how massive this problem is. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, Jake and I have talked about this before, like it's so pervasive that we've just become desensitized. Like how many bottle caps and wrappers and coffee cups do you walk by every single day? Like oh, yeah. at, at best, maybe you pick it up at worst, you don't even notice it. So we got a lot of work to do as a, as a society. Yeah. Jeff, I want to ask you one more question, just because we're kind of in the weird times with COVID and everything else. Have you guys noticed, you know, kind of a change in data, uh, I guess, in two facets? And I'm thinking of this as as you were talking, you know, number one being obviously with, with people not going out as much and doing a lot more take home, things of that nature. You know, the number of, of single use plastics and things of that nature have probably risen drastically. I don't know a number, but I would imagine it's in the double digits in terms of percentage. Um, but number two, people also desiring being outside and maybe walking more or, or just being in the environment a little bit more. Have you seen an uptick in both, you know, maybe the number of photos and things that are, are being found and discovered is correlating with maybe the, the same rise in single use plastics and things of that nature rising as well? I wouldn't necessarily say that there's a correlation, but yes to both your questions. So okay. yes, there's been an increase in single use plastics and PPE. Uh, and yes, we've seen an increase in our community engagement. Now, that could be just because, you know, the community is organically growing. And so more people are finding out about it, more pieces are being picked up. We've also heard quite a bit of anecdotal feedback um, coming from, you know, everything from uh, corporations to schools. Like, this is a great way to stay connected while disconnected, right? And so I think it's those factors that are contributing to uh, our community becoming even more engaged. What are some ways, and you know, we've talked briefly about some of the partnerships that you've created with organizations that want to make an impact. How is it that, can you just elaborate a little bit more on how you can empower those companies or, or those organizations or those cities or, or, or on, on those um, and what to look for if we're trying to make introductions or, or whatever? So, there's a common thread between the different customers and communities that we work with and everybody, whether it's a school or a city or an NGO or a brand. And the common thread is this, everybody obviously wants change. They want cleaner, healthier communities, um, but they want one to 
engage their own people, right? Whether it's that fifth grade class or you know the city of Raleigh, uh, and they want data. And so what we're providing for those different groups is a tool that, again, is simple yet sophisticated to do just that. And so when you think about, uh, you know, we've done employee engagements uh, uh, with companies like Levi's, with Uber, with Thomson Reuters, where it's just a way of them bringing their employees together, all in service of the greater good, right? Team building. We've also worked with brands who want, from a corporate social responsibility perspective, to do something that actually moves the needle in a positive way for the environment. And some are actually, you know, contributing in a way to some of the products and materials that are found on the ground. So I'll give you an example of a product, a project we just launched. We were approached by Philip Mars International out of Switzerland, who said, look, we are coming under a huge amount of both public and political pressure for the cigarette butt litter and all the plastic that's in each one of those cigarette butts all over the world. Not a big surprise, right? We all know that cigarette butts are everywhere. Uh, But these guys really wanted to do something about it. And so what we said to them was, if you really want to make a change at scale, you have to understand where you're starting. So we started doing baseline research and understanding almost at like a diagnostic level, what is the status of cigarette butt litter in a given location? We did a pilot program to kick off in Vienna, Austria uh, last September, and we just started again in in, uh, Lisbon. Uh, last week. And the idea is that if you really want to create change, you got to know where you're starting from. You have to get to the root cause of the problem. So what we've started building are products that we offer to cities, which is sort of evolving out of a lot of the work that we've done with brands. Um, One is called MAP, one is called REP. MAP is a municipal assessment program. In fact, we're starting to work with, you know, a bunch of cities on this. Like, let's assess where you are as a municipality what tools and resources do you already have in place? Are you making use of those tools? Mean, meaning like, for example, in Wake County, they have a pledge that people will sign. So far, they've had like 31,000 people sign the pledge saying, I hereby you know, will keep my environment clean. But it's like, what do you do with that list, right? So how do you put that into action? REP is resident engagement program. How do you engage those people? So those are some of the things we're offering, both corporates, um, cities, and we have a curriculum that we work with schools called Literati Campus. Anybody can come, download a curriculum, and off you go. That's interesting, Uh, especially about adding in the the school parts because, um, you know, education of just any issue can help, should help solve it as soon as you can really relate to it and fully understand it. And having, as we're seeing in across everything right now, right? And um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's something that should be taught anyway of just taking responsibility for yourself, if anything, and if it's, and if it's not you, then the people around you or this, the environment around you to be able to affect that change. Right. And, uh, that social responsibility. I mean, that's what I want my kids to understand, right. <laughs> you know, but the more that we can help centralize that, you know, the better. I think uh, the key there is, uh, the emotional aspect, right? Mm-hmm. so what I mean by that is, one of the areas I think Literati has done a, a pretty good job in our infancy is capturing the hearts and minds of people and mm-hmm. being able to leverage that into a feeling of inspiration. So let me give you an example. Right now, if you walk outside and see a cigarette butt, most likely your feeling is, 
why would I pay? either a like that's gross, disgusting, I'm not touching that, <laughs> or b like why would I even if I was okay touching that, why would I pick that up? I know it's good to pick it up. I know it's actually a, a, will benefit the community, the planet, etc. But like, what difference would it make? There's trillions of them lying everywhere. What difference would it make? And so that emotion is one of uh, overwhelm, right? You feel isolated, like yeah. I'm alone in this thing. Um, so what we are starting to do is introduce connectedness yeah. and data, right? So that that feeling of I'm all alone transforms into one of empowerment. Oh, I know that Dan is over here, Taylor's over there, Jake is over here. That's four of us all taking the same simple action yep. for the greater good. I'm not alone anymore, right? And yep. now, not only am I connected to informing community, but there's a data trail. I now have information that can lead us to actually solving the problem as opposed to let's just pick things up and hope it doesn't show up again tomorrow. Yeah. Dan? Go for it. Oh, yeah, Dan. Did you have a question? Well, I did have a question, then he answered it. Yeah, so, I know. Um, yeah. I, I, I was ask, I'm like, like man, he, he answers all these things. I guess my question, what, I mean, my question was going to be, I, I was just going through your app a little bit before, and then while you were answering another question, I noticed there's not, like, I've noticed in a lot of apps, they're super gamified, and there's lots of badges and ladders and steps and, you know, things that you can brag about and scoreboards and everything else, but I noticed your app's not very much like that. So I was wondering how you built that engagement, but obviously the, the part of, you know, civic responsibility and, I guess, humanity more than more than anything because you know you said that you're a guy that wasn't super into you know the environment before and you know as a guy that you know has definitely moved a lot of my environmental thoughts over the last few years um yeah. you know, to, to wanting to protect and change and everything else but you know i was wondering how you entice those that were like you know almost you know instead of like not in my backyard type of people but like not on my sidewalk cigarette but like that's not my problem so you answered it so Sorry for dragging. Well, no, you didn't drag on it, and, and you're mm -hmm. actually, I think, opening up um, a really something that we th we talk and think about quite a bit at Literati, which is how do you deepen engagement with an individual and with a community? And gamification yeah. techniques clearly play a possible role. There's a slippery slope with introducing extrinsic motivators like points, yeah. and badges, rewards, right? However, um, we do see a role for those as we move forward. We're not there yet. Um, and it's not where we're focused at the moment, but I think we will end up there in some capacity. Extrinsic motivators uh, don't hold a candle to long. Is that even a phrase? Don't hold a candle. Uh, you don't know what? Up. I mess up sayings mm -hmm. all the time. Don't hold so. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, that sure. Is, yeah. That is the it phrase. It, it's a don't phrase now, to. Jeff. You know, I, we're making it. Yeah. So they don't hold a candle to intrinsic motivators, right? So if you're talking about long-term sustainability for an action, it is the intrinsic motivators that will drive that, right? Not the extrinsic ones. Like after a while, a badge is just not that interesting to the individual. A couple of points, not that interesting. So you have to continuously innovate around that. So we got to figure that out as we go forward. But so far, the community is completely motivated because of the intrinsic desire to play a greater good for keeping our planet clean. And it's awesome. Jeff, so I have a question. It kind of deviates a little bit off of, you know, kind of what we're talking about from a business perspective. And I kind of want to like rewind, like back when you were, you know, hiking with your daughter and she said, hey, that doesn't go there. Like you started the company and because we have people who listen that are entrepreneurs and, and that's kind of what we're going after, right? The unicorn. And I'm curious kind of what your thought process was and kind of what, what were some 
um, foundations you laid immediately to get the company up and running, right? Because because I think many people are interested in like, well, you know, I want to start a company. I'm at home. I have nothing else to do. I have a passion for, I don't know, something else. And so it's like, what are some suggestions that you can make to individuals mm. who maybe have this like dream to start picking up something like litter? You know, what what are some some maybe suggestions or some tips um, for those individuals? So let me be very clear. Like when you ask, what are the foundations that I laid immediately? The answer yeah. is none. Like nice. there was no, I, like I didn't, I've built two other startups. Okay. So, you know, I've, I've gone down this path before. I did not think that this would turn into something like that, right? So it wasn't, it was not like, oh, I've reached this point. And now that I've reached this point, these are the formalized, you know, operational procedures I need to put in place. These are the systems that it wasn't like that at all. It's been very much like spoon fed, like, oh, or spoon fed is the wrong term. It, it's been very much like one epiphany or discovery after the next mm. that just kind of kept me going down the path, right? So I think Jake, you and I've talked about this as well. Like often with startups, you have no idea where the hell you're headed, right? You have a sense of where you could go. You have a sense of what the market might demand. You have a sense of what the product could supply. But at the end of the day, like, I think the only true, the true definition of a of startup is uncertainty, right? And so there was no well laid out plan. I had an idea. Actually, I just had something that pissed me off, which was the fact <laughs> that we're not caring for our planet. And if I could play a small role in trying to solve that problem, I, frankly, I feel the same way today. Like, yeah. it bothers me that we treat the planet like this. And that doesn't mean just like people tossing stuff on the ground. I mean, like lack of infrastructure. We don't think about the materials that we put out in the world, like that holistic approach to caring yeah. for the world. That's the part that I'm like, come on, like clearly there's a better way. And so, at, you know, as I went down this particular path, it was sort of like, huh, what if I could take a photograph? Would anybody else be willing to do that? I don't know, let's build an MVP and we'll just use Instagram to do that. Huh. Couple other people that I know, that I know, like my brother and my wife, they were willing to take a photograph. Wait a second, I don't know that person who took a photograph. What if there are people who are willing to do it? Yeah. And then it was just like, oh, there's data. Oh, we should build an app. Like it just kept going like that. And I anticipate yeah. that that will be the repeating process from here on out. And I got to tell you, that's both scary and really fun, right? Because yeah. I, like you have a sense of where you're headed, but at the end of the day, like well, it's about I discovery. And I think that's so cool because I think a lot of people try to strategize and theorize and and come up with these blueprints and and you know Jazzercise. yeah say what jazzercise, jazzercise. yeah jazzercise. I, that yeah. forgot that one but it's like I think people try to overcomplicate something right and 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 what you just said it's like listen like I had a passion it got me angry and I you just did it and, and I think a lot of people are so scared and I'm sure you've seen it obviously in your career and startups. People just get paralysis by analysis. And it's like, just start doing something. I think the rest will follow. And that's what you kind of just answered for me. Well, you went straight. So I think you're right. Back, right? Yeah. You had your why. Yeah. And you just went, right? You know? And that's. Yeah, Jake, I think you're right. Sorry, I cut you off. Keep going. No, I mean, it's, it's fine. It's just it, the, it's, it, it's commendable to, to know, your tr know the true north, right? And then however you get to the true north, that's that's really the that's the adventure, the scary part, the whatever, right? But the overall goal of the company has not changed to eradicate litter one piece at a time, right? I mean, that that is what you've been what you tried to do or have been starting to do from just an Instagram community to a full-on company and application and data science and all of the 
awesome things, you know, insert explicative here that that go along with it. Right. And that's, it's, it's cool to, to see that because I think that people gather on to, they want to latch on to that passion too, when they see it coming from the, the tip of the spear there. And it's like, all right, yeah, let's, let's go. Right. There's a, there is a true North finally let's go, you know, and, and yep. I hope that continues for you also, right. The more people that can hear about it. So. Yeah. And to be completely transparent and clear, like you both use the word passion. So I'm not passionate about litter. I'm not passionate about waste. Like I don't sit up at night reading books about, you know, those subjects. What I am passionate about is trying to be part of a solution that can help us all and playing a small role in that, right? And yeah. bringing the people around me who can do the things that I can't, but together we can do quite a bit yeah. that enable others to be part of the solution, right? So like, I, this is not necessarily true for everyone, but I think it is certainly for me. Um, I don't necessarily believe in following the passion with a startup. Okay. Like you want to follow your passion and your passion is horseback riding, or you want to, you know, be a painter or writer, like, and you can, and that can become your career, like all the power to you. But when it comes to building a startup and it, if your goal is to create an ongoing sustainable organization that can hopefully create impact, I think it's not about following your passion. It's about following the pain. So like, Ooh. where is the pain Ooh. in the world? And, and like, how do you, how do you solve that? Like whose pain is it? Is it acute? And can you be a solution to solving that pain? Which isn't easy, right? And the bigger wow. the pain, the harder it is to solve. So th that's kind of how I think that is. That listen, listen, we just need to end it right now because <laughs> I'm telling you that was amazing. I don't know. It's just a different way to think about it, right? Because I think you're right. I think many people are like, oh, I'm passionate, I'm passionate, but it can be pain, right? I mean, I mean, it, a pain is absolutely um, a motivator. I mean, it, it absolutely is. And, and I think you make a great point. Um, but I also, again, this entire few minutes we've been talking, you know, we have, you know, you didn't say, well, I met with five other consultants and, you know, <laughs> we talked about, you know, the six things that the world needs with the three organizations that could help us. You were just like, hey, let's post, let's post some shit on Instagram. <laughs> and But Taylor, to be clear, like that, customer discovery that talking to others about like what can we do absolutely does take place as you go through 100%. so that you're not just building something that nobody wants right sure that's absolutely a hundred percent agree hundred percent agree yeah. um just so you know i just i just want to clarify this for everybody on this call and all of our parents listening to this yeah um the phrase can't hold a candle exists mm. and it came from the master and apprenticeship relationship back in the day that an apprentice was so worthless they couldn't even hold my candle while I was trying to work on something. That's so, that you know what that makes sense. Sure. I think I was thinking yeah. about that. That makes sense. Yeah. So, so I, I use that completely incorrectly. That's hey, okay. Right? You, you do work here. what you want, but Google's apparently always right. So yeah. <laughs> so so Jeff, so one of the and, and we'll go ahead and start wrapping it up. Um, but you know, for me, like, what are some exciting things that you guys have on the horizon that, that you can talk about at least? So in two and a half weeks, September 19th is World Cleanup Day, which is a massive, you know, global event. Uh, and we are doing a pretty 
serious campaign with a ton of companies and a ton of communities around the world. So we would invite anybody to come and join us. Uh, you know, we're expecting millions of pieces to be picked up by, you know, hopefully hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people. And then, you know, that impact alone on that one day will be tremendous. Um, so that's like in the immediate future. Uh, and we've got some really interesting uh, partners that are joining us for that. Uh, that should be announced uh, next week. So that's one thing. And then, you know, we're going to really continue to focus on how do we make this experience delightful? Like it's not lost on me that we're asking people to do something that's a little bit weird, <laughs> right? Like you're, you're encouraging people to photograph a piece of trash, a piece of litter out there and then pick it up and recycle it or throw it away. So like, how do you turn that into a magically delightful experience that gives you that feeling of inspiration, right? And gives you a positive feedback loop so that not only you're doing it once, but you're doing it twice. Or in the case of some of our really uh, amazing community members, they're picking up a thousand pieces a day, right? So Dan, wow. you talked about the leaderboard in the app. That's the one sort of gamification thing we have. I'm not, my phone's not in front of me at the moment, but I bet if you look on the leaderboard, the top couple of people are certainly in the four or five, 600 range um, mm. in the last 24 hours, right? So like, how do you continue to facilitate that delightful experience and nurture the community so that, you know, we can even drive more collective impact? Yeah. So good. So good. So, um, well, boys, any last questions? We're about to go in our lightning round, Jeff. So we're about to no. we're about to throw some questions at you. So Dan, Jake, any any last questions at all? I just want to hit the call to action. Where can people go to sign up? Yeah. You can just uh, download the app right from either the Google Play or App Store um, free app. Join us. It takes 10 seconds. And your your number one person, it seems like this might be yeah. an organization, so it may not count, has almost 1,400 pieces. So oh. big shout out to Don't Trash OCVA. Not a big <laughs> deal. Not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> they're on they're on quite a bit and uh you'll see there are some people who are just unbelievably inspiring what they do day in and day out i mean these are people who just care that's awesome that's awesome and shout out to the netherlands our friends on the other side of the ocean there that that are Big. almost doubling any other uh they're more than doubled any other country so. i will tell you so that's been a you asked earlier what's something i've learned that's something i've learned the dutch are unbelievably awesome when it comes to taking care of the planet yeah wow there you go that's a sound bite right there there you go um all right so jeff five questions first thing that so it's two options first thing that pops into your head say it here we go you ready yeah is it sort of a one word deal or yeah one word one, it's a one choice. Word. yeah it's a choice it's yeah, a choice sure yes uh, and we grade it and obviously the grades don't matter but i'm still going to judge you yeah this is like whose line is it anyway yeah exactly points don't matter but i still judge can we all call right. it the tampa bay lightning round just while nope. we're in the playoffs oh, nope. okay very good all right. nope all right so pizza hot dog pizza Beach. hold on hold on Taylor. what's up Jeff, yeah. a hot dog, a sandwich, or not a sandwich? Oh boy, here we go. See, this is interesting. Um, <laughs> These are the real issues. Yeah. So I'm gonna. I like it, Dan. Uh, I'm gonna say not a sandwich. Mm. However, however, I think that's uh, mm -hmm. bun dependent, right? So, like, mm. if you were to split the hot dog, all right, okay. and and throw throw it into sort of a Texas Tommy situation, okay. any, any of you know what a Texas Tommy is? 
I yeah, didn't I'm gonna, Google I'm that. Saying, okay, I'm going to Google Please. It Please. Yeah. It's a, it's, you'll be very happy. Uh, you know, and you throw that down on some sort of roll. You know, you're, okay. you're, you're, you're reaching into sandwich territory, I'd say. Okay. I'm, all right. I'm still going pizza. All about I'm still going pizza every the, time. So it's a split yeah. of the bun type of deal? I think it's a split. Okay. Mm. All right. The beach or the mountains? Beach. Told you, Dan and Jake. Uh, Coke or Pepsi? Whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. What do you mean, told you? So you, you discussed what I would do. No, you know. we're, not, we're we, <laughs> we, we, have, we have a text chain and we're arguing which one's better. And Dan and Jake both like the mountains, and I like the beach better. So Jeff, you and I can go vacation. No, I, we need to oh, offer I, some suggestion here. There are some clarification. It wasn't which one do we like better. We're talking about going on a collective group vacation, and Jake and I said the mountains. I live literally a two minute walk from the water. So for me, the beach is not like a place that I go in Destin. Whereas Taylor's like, I need to go to the beach. So that's where it comes from. He just wants to sit on a chair and do nothing. Whatever. Whatever. So just so you all can understand where I was coming from. I wasn't wondering whether or not you guys have this debate, which is better. (laughs) I thought when Taylor, you said that you were like, I told you Jeff would choose the beach. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I owe Taylor a hundred. You know, listen, Jeff, I get beach a, vibes from you. I get beach vibes. So, beach, I, I love the mountains as well. But if I'm picking one or the other, I, I go beach. You. I love it. Um, Coke or Pepsi? That's why you Coke. need to you need to go there. Coke. Yeah. Um, sweet or salty? Think of the pimento cheese, Jeff. <laughs> hey, you can't lead the witness. That's not how this works, Jake. I mean, I think he just did. Uh, I'm going. I'm going sweet. Here's here's why. I have one major addiction, and it's ice cream every day. What kind? I've got it. What kind? What? Though? So, it's typically some sort of vanilla base with a chocolate element. Mm. Yeah, like moose tracks, which is the goat ice cream, of course. Mm. Uh, no, I don't. Know. I'm not going there with you. I like it, but like greatest, no. Hmm. Okay. All right. And you gotta go like a. Here, here's one for you, Dan. Try like a. If you like moose tracks, go with like a Ben and Jerry's milk and cookies. Oh, I, that. I just had that. It is absolute flames. So good. It's good. Um, last question: Netflix, Hulu. Don't you know what Netflix? Only because that's what I got. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Well, Jeff, that's it, man. Gentlemen, thank you very much. We appreciate. Thanks for it, hanging bro. with us. Thank y'all so much for tuning in to this episode of the Unicorn Finders. If you found any of that interesting or helpful at all, please share it with your friends. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, or want to be a part of our podcast, be sure to email us at info at theunicornfinders.com. And while you're at it, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe us five stars and share it with a friend or two. We'll see you next week.